Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we bring theology and we bring it to the streets. We're so um, thankful that you can join us today. I'm back with my uh, two friends in India, Pastor Michael Teddy and Ashok Mohan. Uh, he's waving, but uh, obviously you can't <laughs> see him. You can hear him, but I'm letting you know he's waving. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been together. We, we left off way, seems like many moons ago, on covenant <laughs> theology, but there's been a couple of things that have happened since then. I am speaking yeah. with a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with The Wizard of Oz. You, you, you familiar with that show? <laughs> so who yeah. was the guy that, who was the character that needed a heart, right? That was the cowardly lion, if I only had a heart, oh. right? Well, the Tin Man, it wasn't yeah. the Tin Man, right? <laughs> I wasn't the Tin, no, it was the lion. He, needed, he was a, like a cow. Yeah, I think right? so, yeah. Yeah. So I do have a new heart because I'm regenerated, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I have a pacemaker. Yeah. So I, I did get a pacemaker. And I, I shook, if you can see him, he's got a big smile on his face trying to line up this. So we got some good news. I Well, yep. hopefully good news. I have a pacemaker. <laughs> That's um, going to keep me off the weight pile for about six weeks. Um, so I got to walk more than I can lift weights. But what about Pastor Michael? He's got some good news too, right? Yeah, so I got, I got new a, weights. I got a new heart or <laughs> another heart. I got new weights. <laughs> you got new, the way that she's rubbing it in, he's got new weights. Um, you got something else new to tell us, right, Pastor Michael? Yes, I do. I am now a daddy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I was, Amen. I was, please, I was talking to Ashuk when I came on air because I'm, uh, you know, cultural, cultural things really are amazing. So I told Ashuk, I says, oh, Michael is, you know, five hours away from the baby or something like that. We were talking. I says, why isn't the baby in the house with Michael and his wife as well? The custom. Well, go ahead, Michael. You go from there. Explain what, what, what <laughs> tell us what happens in India. Yeah. Well, basically what, how, at least in the South, uh, I know this is how we do it, which is, um, so when my wife is about seven months pregnant, whenever the wife is, you know, getting closer to a delivery date, uh, we go and, uh, you know, let her stay with her parents. So they can help her and she's, you know, in, in a comfortable environment and they are able to look after her. So both I and my wife moved to, you know, five hours from here. It's where my in-laws stay. And so we kind of uh, moved there uh, so she can be with her parents and they can help us out, uh, especially with all that we've got going on, right? We got to work, we got to do, you know, do stuff for the church. And so... Um, and we are a small church, so you don't you don't get to take a, a paternity break. Uh, so, so yeah. So we basically seven months in, we we go in and uh, they help. Uh, so that's you know. So she she rests there, and after the delivery, 
both my wife and the baby are still there. So they stay there for about three months. So my wife had, a, a, she, you know, we, we were hoping to have a normal delivery, but they had to do an emergency C-section. So they had to operate to get the baby out. And so because of that, she needs more time to heal and recover. So she'll be there for two months, two, two and a half months, I guess, with the baby. And so the, my in-laws, her parents, help out with everything, um, with the baby coming in, uh, all the stuff that needs to get done around that, um, you know, and so, and she gets to rest and heal and she gets a break. She gets a three month break. She doesn't have to do anything except take care of the baby. Everything else is taken care of. That's a good deal. You know, Italians <laughs> always ask this question. Is the baby a good eater? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is, and, and, and he's cranky. So, you know, he's, he's on night shift. I he's cranky. <laughs> and he's on night shift, so. Yeah. He's cr- Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ashuk, we got to get you in here. What's been happening with you? And then, well, we'll I, you know, it was funny. Ashuk called me the other day. I don't know what it was last week. His pastor, he said, what did we talk about the last time? I, I was so <laughs> sleepy, he said. What was it? Uh, I says, we spoke about covenants. He says, did I say anything wrong? I says, well, it's too late now. Man. Uh, Ashuk, what's been happening? You doing okay, brother? Yeah, I, I'm doing okay. I'm just uh, watching you get the pacemaker and watching Mike get the baby and I'm just observing from a distance and uh, yeah, pretty much that. And uh, yeah, so I, I, so Mike has been away from church for a while now. I mean, he has not been doing the preaching. So I've been preaching back to back for the last five um, uh, Lord's days. So, so I think I've been, uh, so lots of time preaching and preparing and all that. Uh, And, uh, you know, so it was finally a relief. Mike came back last uh, Lord's day and uh, he took over and he started preaching again. So after five months, sorry, five weeks, uh, it was good to be back listening to a sermon instead of giving one. <laughs> yeah. Michael, you heard what he said, five months. He must have felt like five months preaching. Five <laughs> right? Yeah, and I've never gotten such a long break, so I really oh, took you the break. Probably, you were probably itching to get back in the pulpit, right? Oh, yes, I was. By the time I was back, it felt so long. And uh, yeah, well, I was know- just aching. Ashuk, you know Glinda, right? I mean, you've interacted with Glinda. Yes, I remember yes, when yes, I yes. when I came. I don't know what it was. I I take it a week off, and I was in the in the um, in the pews, and, and one of my fellow elders, Harlan, was preaching, and I told Glinda, I says, "Man, it's so good to take a break." She goes, "Who are you kidding? You wish you were preaching." And I says, "Yeah." I <laughs> so she was she was convincing yeah. me a little bit. Um, Okay, Ashuk, you better bring us up on Covenant because yeah, since you yeah. <laughs> uh, since you said oh, so, okay. Question: We're gonna, we'll spend a little time on this. This will probably yeah. take the first show. We'll try to get a couple of shows in to cover all these topics. Well, it's one topic, but co- cover all these um, these kind of questions we have here. But okay, Ashuk, you have a chance to redeem yourself. Yeah. If you said anything wrong, which I doubt you did, but for both of you guys, really, for for our listeners, because we are talking about covenant theology, quickly uh, as you know, succinctly as we can, so we can get onto the topics. What is a covenant? That that's the question I want to ask, and maybe you can let our audience know um, what is covenant, and and again. 
we'll deal with covenant theology in a little bit. But what is a biblical covenant? Is that is that a good is that a, an okay question? Yeah, yeah. Um, so shall I go ahead, Mike? Oh yeah. Yes. So this is Ashok fresh and awake, uh, yeah. and addressing what a biblical covenant is. Well, biblical covenant is a contractual agreement that God uh, makes with man. And uh, it it uh, the uh, the contract basically has terms to it. Um, uh, what is expected in obedience from the end of uh, the uh, and uh, of the man. And usually it is uh, there's, there's there are blessings and curses as well that is uh, that is attached to it. So uh, breaking a covenant comes at a cost, right? Uh, and also keeping the covenant comes with blessings. And uh, uh, usually the uh, the covenants that we find is or at least the biblical covenants that we find. Um, well, there is a covenant head or a federal head of the covenant uh, with whom God makes a binding uh, covenant. And we see that God does this all the way from um, uh, Adam uh, to our final covenant head, Jesus Christ. So Adam, Noah, Abraham, uh, David, and uh, so on. So God uh, makes these covenants and it uh, it's the way in which God relates to his people and um, communes with his people. And yeah, like I said, it's a contract with, uh, with terms to it and has um, both blessings and curses attached to it. Yeah. So there's so then there would be many, uh, Pastor Michael, so if I'm hearing this right, there's many covenants that God makes with certain um, of his people It is uh, in the Old Testament saying, and the, 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 does that covenant carry on into the New Testament some way or... Pastor Michael, yeah. can you? Uh, okay, please. Yes, yeah, so yeah, that's really at the heart of the discussion of covenant theology. Um, uh, so, a covenant necessarily, I mean, uh, Ashok is talking about biblical covenant in how God relates with us. But if you take the word covenant just as it is, uh, it's between any two people, right? Uh, yeah, so, the Israelites make a covenant with the Gibeonites. Um, so, a covenant is made with uh, there's two parties involved it's one of and my it's, favorite, it's, it's it's one of my favorite stories with the Gibeonites right Gibeonites yeah <laughs> we Please, talked I'm about sorry, it last sorry, yeah Michael, yeah so so what happens is there are two parties and it's a contractual agreement like any contract works there are terms involved in the contract and breach of contract will have consequences involved so uh, like any contract right if there's a breach of contract the, the contract is null and void and so um, that's essentially what a covenant is. And what is so amazing biblically is that that is how God has chosen uh, to interact with humanity through the ages. God has decided under his sovereign will to interact with human beings, whether it's it's with Abraham, whether it's with Moses, whether it's with the Israelites, um, all, all of these instances, whether it's with Adam, you, what you have is God making covenants with man. And it's an agreement. It's a contractual agreement uh, that has blessings in it. And the breach of the covenant has curses involved in it or uh, the penalties involved in it. And so God relates with us through covenants throughout the Bible. The question of how do these covenants relate with one another and and, and how do we understand Old Testament covenants in light of the New Testament? Like what's changed? Do we still hold the covenants? Do we not hold the covenants? 
those are the uh, you know the crux of covenant theology so i i think we could start with what covenant theology is and go into how those covenants work together and it'll help us probably understand it better how about how about a question um may i so yeah w- would christ be the end of the covenant or would be he would christ be the continuance of covenant or would the covenant stop with Christ and everything would be fulfilled in Christ? Just a question. Is that a fair question? Yes. Uh, so very broadly speaking, um, every person has either of the two identities. Either he is of Adam or he is of Christ. Right? So either he belongs to Adam, Adam is his covenant head, uh, or his covenant head is uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so those uh, whom believe in Jesus Christ are adopted into the family of God, and that that is the the final covenant in the sense of the fulfillment of all these Old Testament bibl- uh, biblical covenants that we see all the way from uh, Noah uh, to Davidic covenant. Every covenant is a type or shadow of this uh, the perfect covenant, the new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied about, that Ezekiel promised about, uh, the the. The perfect covenant that will be established in Jesus Christ. So, yeah, it is the it is the fulfillment, typological fulfillment of all the uh, Old Testament covenants. But yes, it is a final, lasting, everlasting covenant. Yeah, yeah, okay. and I think uh, uh, if if there's a verse that we can go to to understand this in Matthew chapter five verse eighteen, Jesus makes a very very powerful statement. Yeah. He says that till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota. A word of the law shall pass away until all is fulfilled. In fact, Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Now, what does that even mean? And we can't understand what that verse means if we don't have an understanding of covenants. Because how Jesus comes and keeps or fulfills the law or fulfills God's word is by coming and keeping and fulfilling the mandates of the covenant. So it's a very covenantal way of thinking. So when Jesus comes and says, it is finished, or when Jesus comes and says, I am come to fulfill all of the law that was given, Jesus has come to keep and fulfill the covenants. And so there is a sense in which in Christ, in the New Testament, we live under his reign and, and we live under the covenant of grace. So all these covenants will be embodied in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Embodied is an excellent word. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, once in a while the Italian guy can come up with a good word. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was good. So we got... <laughs> It's funny how we're already 15 minutes into this first segment. <laughs> but Ashuk, now yeah. you're awake. You remember what you said? You think you're yes, okay yes, now? Yes. You're not going to call? Ashuk is going to call me up tomorrow and say, what the heck did I say, Pastor? And I say, I have no idea. You're going to have to go. It's too late anyway. It's going on. I think it's going no, on the air no, tomorrow. I'm in my so. yeah. I yeah, think it's going okay. on the air tomorrow, so we're... Uh, yeah. you're t- I went through it. No, I, I didn't say anything heretical, but I surely could have said something better. That's what I felt. Yeah. You know, I Michael, it was funny. Me. Pastor Mike, it was funny. He called me up. He says, I don't even know if I said anything heretical. I says, well, we're <laughs> late now, man. Because I was so yeah. tired, he said, you know. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, so let me ask a question. So here's what... I, I, and this is a, a, a question... And we got about 10 minutes left in this segment, but 
So, and this is just a, was going through my head. So, a New Testament believer. Now, I love the Old Testament. If anybody listens to any of my sermons, there's this guy, Baptist Church, and you guys know I always preach from the Old Testament and then go to the New Testament. So, I'm not saying this for myself, but I was just musing as you guys were talking. If Christ is the fulfillment of all these covenants, why should we be interested in the past? This is a fair question, I think. I am. I love this stuff. So I'm looking forward to as the discussion flows. But why, why would somebody say, well, if everything's fulfilled in Christ, why do I need to be concerned about what happened beforehand? Is that a fair question, Pastor Michael? Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and, and my answer would be, imagine watching the Lord of the Rings and you get to see only the climax okay, where okay. Sauron is destroyed and they live in peace. Like how, how many tickets would that movie sell? Uh, how, how many people would, you know, how many Oscars would that movie win? Uh, we never watch a story to see its ending. We watch a story to see the entirety of the story because the, the story unravels the characters. The story unravels um, who they are, what they went through, what it means. So there's no way we can rejoice the glory of the end without knowing what went in to bring about what has come about. Um, you know, so I would say that's the point that if you if if we neglect any part of scripture especially the old testament we don't have a foundation on which we can understand the beauty of the new testament or the glory of the new testament and when people do that they get god really wrong you know the whole nice guy lovey-dovey uh, reckless love kind of god <laughs> that is there in the new testament is happening because they don't have a foundation that is of the Old Testament, understanding who God is, you know. Yeah. You know, my, my wife is going to, if she hears this, I, I feel like, remember when uh, I think Paul was in front of one of the Roman rulers, you almost convinced me to be a Lord of the Rings fan because my, <laughs> my wife has been dying for me. She, I don't, I've never watched it, but she keeps huh. convinced, she keeps saying, you need to watch this. <laughs> There's some theological you need to. Uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, and now she's yeah, going to yeah. hear this. I'm really going to be in trouble, right? Um, yeah. Um, Ashu, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is very, in order to understand covenants, we have to, we have to really understand stories. Uh, and it is very, it's key. Uh, if th There's an excellent uh, systematic theology textbook by uh, Michael Horton. Uh, system, uh, uh, I think the Pilgrims, oh, now I can't remember the name, but uh, it's, uh, I think, Systematic Theology for Pilgrims. Is that, that's the name, I think. The Christian Faith, that's what it's called. I have it. I'm looking at it right now on my. Okay. Okay. I was just going to say, I'm, my glasses, I have to get a little, my, <laughs> my prescription tweaked. And I'm the Christian looking, Faith. I'm yeah, I'm the looking, Christian Faith. Yeah, I'm look, it's a Pastor, Christian Faith, yeah. The first chapter is amazing, the way Horton has written it. And the first chapter, if I remember right, the, the, the heading is uh, Dogma and Drama. And he brings out this point that how uh, God did not give, give us a list of instructions. God did not uh, give us points to follow and anything like that. He did not give us motivational quotes. God gave us a story. And the dogma of the Christian faith, what, what we have to follow, what we have to practice, everything was given through drama. 
and the whole, the whole bible is about the triumph of the lamb the marriage of the lamb the wedding of the lamb and uh, that's the culmination and and it uh, like mike said it doesn't just begin at sauron being destroyed or the ring being destroyed sorry spoilers but uh, but but we god writes the story of jesus christ right and 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 god just doesn't give god didn't give us systematic theology textbook he didn't come and give us here is a homiletics textbook and here is a systematic theology textbook but he gave us a story and it is key Praise uh, to understand the story of the lamb to understand anything in perspective if we understand the story of the lamb we will understand our subplot in the story and if you look at the scripture and if you look at proverbs and you can look at psalms you will see we can be in either of the two categories either we are the wicked or we are the righteous either we are the wise or we are the fool and one way or the other every single human being every single living creature has played a part in the story so understanding the bigger story helps us align our stories to the story and live out our life for jesus christ and understand what god is trying to communicate with us much better you know as he's talking he looks just like an italian his hands are waving and he gets, <laughs> he gets really excited you know that's good and i'm you know now you yeah. now you have convinced me to read the first chapter of, <laughs> of, of michael horton so I'm, yeah. that's going to be my i'm going to bring it home with me because uh oh, yeah. i think richard wants me to stay home tomorrow but um mm. we're at the 20 minute mark so we got about four minutes because i think i started the <laughs> i started the clock about a minute late but um mm -hmm. So, Michael, how about, Pastor Michael, how about this? How about you just introduce what is covenant theology in like three or four minutes, and I'll have you continue on part two, but we got a break probably in about three or four minutes. So the next uh, thing that Ashuk wrote down here is what is covenant theology and why is it important? Is that is that two things we can fit yeah. together for the next segment. Maybe you can introduce it, uh, Pastor Michael. Sure. Um, we talked right now about the importance of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and Ashok was talking about uh, the story of the Bible, the redemptive story. So from creation in Genesis to the end of all times in Revelation, you have running a single story, the story of God's redemptive work for the glory of his name through the work of his son to redeem a people unto himself and we know the story we you know we know it broadly at least we know the cross we know the centerpiece of the story um, but the point is from genesis to revelation this story holds together as one single excellent true uh, story and the problem that a lot of christians face is in harmonizing all of the parts of the story together hmm. right so one of the reasons people don't want to read the old testament and they prefer to read the new testament is because they are so used to seeing the jesus movies and skits and stories and reading all these material of the new testament it seems so much more simpler than having to go and read in leviticus about um, killing lambs and cutting pigeons and offering them and <laughs> seeing uh, odd behaviors and why does fire have to come and you know they have to wrestle with stuff there but the new testament seems far more clear and direct and relatable so what people begin to do is they begin to pick parts of the bible that make sense right 
to understand it and parts they don't understand they just leave it be but the point is in order for us to understand the full story we have to understand it from genesis to revelation when we do that we are forced to reconcile or harmonize all the parts of the bible together as one story there are no contradictions in the bible the bible is inerrant infallible it is entirely true so then how do we understand how this whole story holds together theologians have different approaches to the harmonizing of the bible okay let's one, let's let's that's good that's a good place <laughs> to stop right i mean cuz yeah, you're going to yeah. come you're going to come back you guys will join me again cuz if i don't cut yes. i don't want to miss this part this part's important so um, sure okay Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Street Talk Theology. We're in we're in season three, starting off talking about the covenants, and we will be back um, in a few minutes for me next week for you. So I can't wait to finish up, and hopefully you'll be listening in the upcoming weeks if we speak about covenant theology. So again, Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Street Talk Theology. We take theology, sound theology very sound theology and bring it to the streets in jesus name thank you for joining us for street talk theology with pastor dominic grimaldi you can visit pastor dom at desert sky baptist church at 891 west corson road casa grand and for more information visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org <laughs>